Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. In this episode, I have the privilege and honor to speak with Dylan Savagno, the Adult Services Coordinator of the Deerfield Public Library and host of its podcast. Dylan talks about the history and highlights of Deerfield's original podcast and takes us through some incredible theater resources offered at the library, which includes the songbook from Schoolhouse Rock Live. Because in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, DFT is putting on a performance of Schoolhouse Rock Live this November of 2021. See the show notes for a link to purchase tickets and visit DeerfieldFamilyTheater.com. It was an educational conversation. And without further delay, here's the interview. Dylan, thank you so much for joining me on the DFT podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. So uh, I was um, so thrilled to see that there was already an existing Deerfield podcast when I searched for Deerfield in the podcast app uh, and and that I wouldn't have to be the first person who's doing this whole uh, podcast thing for like a local area. And then not only was I thrilled to see that, but then I actually listened to some of the episodes and they're really good. Um, so uh, with that um, host of the Deerfield uh, Public Library podcast, uh, Dylan, please introduce yourself a little more to the audience of the DFT podcast. Well, thank you so much, Matthew. I really appreciate those kind words. Um, the Deerfield Public Library podcast started uh, just about five years ago. And it was sort of a way to connect with a different audience, an audience who might be listening online, and do library programming, right? We Libraries have always hosted a number of different types of people, whether it's authors or local officials. So that's sort of how we started, was let's create this hyper-local podcast where we I think our first interview was the mayor at the time, Mayor Rosenthal. And then, well, hey, we have an author coming to visit us. Let's see if they'll do an interview. And it grew from there. We noticed, you know, we certainly get a lot of local listeners, but we've gotten emails from people in Germany and the UK listening. And at this point, like every continent, we have different listeners. So I really try to present a wide variety of guests, different types of literature. We often focus on poetry or novels, short stories, also nonfiction, academic work, and then a lot of local history. So I guess to back up in general, to me, the best of what a library does is connect sort of your hyper-local concerns. You're just a person this is your home library, you're coming into the library, and you want to know a piece of information, well, we're going to be able to connect you to the whole world of information and ideas. That's in our library mission statement, that little phrase. And that's what I try to do on the podcast. So I've been working at the library about eight years. I grew up here in Deerfield, and I definitely have a passion for this place. But I also have a passion for this whole wide world of literature, information, everything that we can connect you to at the library. Gosh, there there are so many segues I could go off <laughs> of all that, right? Because there's what other you know great things in literature and 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 material do you have at libraries? Theater stuff, of course, and we will get into that. Yes, uh, but um, but also. Uh, 
I just recently uh, confirmed a time to interview our new mayor. So if you want to hear a uh, an interview of, of Deerfield's previous mayor, please go to the Deerfield <laughs> Public Library uh, podcast and, uh, and, and go find that first episode. And very soon here, um, in the next couple of weeks or so, we'll have uh, the new mayor, Dan Shapiro, on the show. So that'll be exciting. Oh, wonderful. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, 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 you know, there's, like, like I've, I've listened um, to, to your podcast um, since moving to Deerfield in June, and um, it, it's, it's so interesting. And, and as much as it, like, you could listen in and almost at first not even realize that it's just a Deerfield, you know, thing. Um, cause, cause you really, you've brought in some great guests and, and it's, um, you know, I guess Congressman Schneider is actually located, you know, in Deerfield. He happens to live in Deerfield, but he represents, you know, you know, uh, everywhere that he represents, um, beyond Deerfield, but the fact that he's here, you know, so, so if you, if you are a resident and if you pay attention, you know, you know, you hear those local things, but, um, but that's something, uh, that I was inspired by with this show. And I really want to hopefully have people, um, you know, have so much more to gain than just, um, than just Deerfield related things though. That is of course, super important. It's a great town. And, and, uh, and so, so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the podcast though. I like, like, um, you've been doing it for five years. Um, what have been some of the more, um, you know, and I'm sure all, all the guests are great and they're all interesting, but maybe when, when you think about, when you, you know, reflect back on the five years, um, what have been some of the more interesting or out-of-the-box guests and, and some of those conversations that you've had? Well, I think I'll, I'll start answering that by picking up on something else you said of just having that wider listenership. I think, you know, there's plenty of podcasts out there, millions probably, and I always think about what can I do as a library podcast in a publicly funded institution that you can't always do in a different podcast. If it's a private podcast or for a particular organization, you might be just trying to increase listeners. So you might be only going after the most popular guests. Well, something we can do, our our mission is education. So I often will try to find an author that I really love. Maybe they're from Chicagoland, and maybe they haven't gotten as much attention or as much attention recently, or haven't gotten the type of attention that I hope and I strive to bring to those conversations. So I'll mention a couple guests here where I feel like I was really able to do something special with that. Rosellen Brown is a novelist. Um, she's in her 80s now. She has lived all over the place, and I think her first novel was published in the 70s. Um, right before the pandemic, I was able to visit her at her home in Hyde Park, and I read everything she'd ever written. She has books of poems and short stories and essays, and I was able to do an interview that referred to the entirety of her career, not just the book that had come out a year before. And the level of appreciation she had for that attention, um, which I think is reflected in the interview, you know, I had such an appreciation for just this process and this community to want to do something like that, right? So that's an example of what I think is unique about our library podcast, um, and there's there's a lot of other interesting library podcasts out there, 
um, that can do that kind of similar thing. So some of the other guests, um, one of my favorite episodes is with um, Howard Reich, who um, just retired, but he was the Tribune arts critic, often wrote about jazz and classical music. And he had a memoir come out about his relationship with Elie Wiesel, and he established this friendship with him and wrote these letters back and forth, and it goes up through Wiesel's death. So you have these like very intimate reflections of a Nobel Prize winner from this local Chicago person. Just a really amazing interview. Um, let me think of some other wild card ones that might be appealing to our guests. So I'll, I'll think of a couple local stories. One was with um, Colt Cabana, who was a is a, a professional wrestler. He grew up in Deerfield. He actually was a teaching aide at Shepherd Middle School, where I attended middle school for a time. And he's established this whole podcast empire and this t-shirt empire. You'll see his face on billboards around Chicago. He's very funny and just gregarious. And it was a, a really fun local connection to this person who actually has a lot of recognition. Um, the other person I'll mention, Marina Schifrin, who is a guest um, around my age. I think she was a year older than me at Deerfield High School and wrote this really lovely book of essays called 30 Before 30, where she challenged herself to complete 30 items on a bucket list before she turned 30 years old. But it's about so much more than that. And there's all these references to her family in Deerfield, growing up in Deerfield, moving to Brooklyn and, um, you know, trying to be a cool 20-something and all these fascinating things. Um, in addition to that, I would point people to some of the different academics and historians we've had. We did a whole series at the library on the fight to integrate Deerfield, this history from a little over than 60 years ago, where Deerfield residents at the time blocked a proposed uh, racially integrated housing subdivision. And Eleanor Roosevelt came to town, James Baldwin came to town, all of these, there were all, all these wonderful people trying to push for integration. And that history has been told over the years, but in the last few years, there's all this new information that has come out and all this new attention. So we got historian Richard Rothstein, who's one of the leading historians on redlining, to talk to us. Just another fascinating way I think we've been able to connect a hyper-local concern, a hyper-local history to this huge systemic history. Yeah, and and um, you know, obviously, link in the in the show notes to the listeners here um, <laughs> if you don't want to go searching for it yourself. Because um, I could tell you personally, going back and I've I've listened to some of those episodes uh, that you mentioned, and um, and and, and I, I listen uh, to podcasts on two times speed, so I like I'm one of those, right? But oh wow, um, <laughs> yeah. well, you work your way up. You start with one and a half, and then when you get your brain, it, it's amazing what the human brain is capable of, right? I, I do that down. with audiobooks, but I can't do yeah. it with podcasts for some reason. Well, well, and what I'm saying is though is is if I'm listening to something that I I I, I really enjoy, and I'm not just listening to it just to get information or to like like. You know, if I'm listening to something where there's some real substance there, sometimes I'll slow it down. And and um, and that's not to say things I listen to, you know, on two times speed aren't you know lacking substance per se. But um, but I found myself doing that with some of your interviews. So I, again, I I can't I can't recommend it enough. And and um, 
and and it's it's hard to not be a little bit meta with this on the podcasting thing <laughs> because you have a podcast and this is a podcast and you interviewed the wrestler who now has a podcasting empire and and um and so um our audience here doesn't yet know this about me but I am on another I, I I've guested and I've guest hosted on another podcast called Young Lawyer Rising on Legal Talk Network. So um, I have worked with some like professional podcasters, but this is my first time, you know, really launching a podcast. So um, what's your advice uh, since you're an old, fi- you're five-year-old <laughs> vet at, at this thing? Do you, do you have any ad- 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 advice for me about, uh, about it? Because maybe some listeners, this is their first podcast that they're listening to because they're in the community. They didn't know it was a thing. And, and so this was also maybe advice for them as well. Wow. Uh I, I think I really only know how to do my own show. <laughs> and there are just so many podcasts out there, so many different types of podcasts. You know, the only advice I would have for you or anybody interested in in podcasting or listening to podcasts is to follow your passion and your interests. It's another great thing about podcasting. You can get into these really niche things. There are, as we've already mentioned, wrestling podcasts and lawyer podcasts and a million different other types of things. So if there's anything that you are have always had as a little hobby or a passion, somebody out there is putting out some great content. So I guess the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask people you wouldn't think would do it because um, people are really happy to be interviewed and if you spend the time to do that research and, and thought and preparation, people are usually really honored to have a, a platform and, and have somebody to talk to. And, and Dylan, where is one of those places you could do that research? Oh, at the Deerfield Public Library, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and so, so let's talk more about like the library itself. Um, I have really wanted to go to the library um, I still have my old library card. I grew up in Buffalo Grove, the Vernon area public library. So I still even have that card. Um, but I haven't been to a library in a while because of the pandemic. And I, I have a 10-month-old. So um, I'm still trying to avoid going to public places that aren't absolutely necessary to go to because she's too young to get vaccinated. Um, but um, I'm excited to go to the library. And so for, for this is also this is very personal uh, for me, but maybe it's also useful for listeners. Um, you know, What could I expect when I go to the library for the first time? Well, right now, masks are required, so I'll I'll say that. Um, There's a front desk, and you can sign up for your library card there. You'll either bring your ID with the Deerfield address, or if your ID isn't updated yet, a a bill or other piece of mail, official mail, that would have your current address. And there's a whole media department. There's a maker space. There's a whole wonderful youth department. And then if you head downstairs, that's my department, the adult services department, where we have books and audiobooks and our computer lab. And then we have meeting rooms. So all of our programs, we are starting to do some socially distanced in-person programs. And of course, there's a lot of things online. The podcast, there are YouTube videos, videos of programs, and tons of online resources. And I think we'll talk about both some of the physical resources and online resources that you all have access to a little later as we continue talking. You know what? Let, let, let's dive in. Why not? Let's okay. let, let's do that right now because you've made this great list um, that I'm going to share in the show notes um, so listeners could access it as well. So, um, so yeah, let's let's dive in. What are, what are some of those highlights that you'd like to point out? Okay. I'm so excited about this, Matthew. So you asked 
you know, what are the resources we have at the library <laughs> about theater? And I started thinking, well, I don't know. I, I know we have something because we really have something about everything. And then I started to think about all of the things that um, I, you know, were my favorite theater type of things. And I realized, oh, I really have very strong opinions on some of these. <laughs> and I know the best things that we have here, and I, and I am so excited to share them. I am, I was an English major. I trained as a high school English teacher. And you cannot talk about English literature without talking about theater. So I started realizing I have all of these opinions on, on what some of our best resources are. So first, I'm just going to say we have an amazing sheet music collection. It is in a slightly different location in the library, but I did sort of focus on musical theater because of the Deerfield Family Theater podcast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just went to the shelf and grabbed a bunch of books, and I'm holding them up to Matthew right now. We have The Lion King, Mary Poppins, Kinky Boots, Dream Girls. Now, these are all, you know, sheet music with usually vocal selections, piano. Sometimes you'll get the guitar chords as well, the light on the piazza, uh, collected Harold Arlen. I mean, what more could you want as a musical theater person? Hamilton, of course. And I did find the Schoolhouse Rock songbook, so I thought I'd mention that too because I know that's your upcoming show. <laughs> Uh, you yeah excellent and um and, and somebody who has audition as somebody who has auditioned before for uh for you know musicals and live performances and, and whatnot it's it's great to know that, that resource is there for for me personally and hopefully others because you know you could go online and you could sometimes find cheap music but is it the right cheap music and and you have to pay for it and you know there's all these questions you have about it so the fact that that resource is boom Right there, Deerfield yes, Public Library. It can be expensive to buy stuff online. I've, I've done that before. And if there's anything we don't have here, we usually can get it sent over from another library. So that's just with any of this stuff, you can always come down um, to our department, uh, Adult Services, and we'll, we'll help you out there. So, of course, the other thing is just to mention plays, monologues. We have an extensive collection, you know, Best American Short Plays. We get that every year. There's books of monologues for actors. Um, I found a book, Training of the American Actor, has different essays about types of acting, and then collected individual works. You know, Lorraine Hansberry, August Wilson, Neil Simon, Tom Stoppard, Tennessee Williams, any author you're thinking of, you just want to read the play, we probably have it or can get it for you. So that's just in general, what I wanted to mention. But now I want to get into some of my specific favorite things to recommend. So are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So first, again, you cannot talk about English literature without talking about Shakespeare, who is the father of drama, but also literature in general, I would say. So there's two things I have to recommend to the audience. Uh, the first is actually a DVD, and this is a filmed stage production of Twelfth Night, and this was on, it was part of the Globe Theater, so this is actually filmed at that recreated Globe Theater in England, but it was on Broadway in 2013, and it stars Mark Rylance and Stephen Fry, and it's just wonderful. I actually saw it on Broadway 
in 2013, and it's stunning. And if you're somebody who doesn't love Shakespeare, finds it hard to understand, this will both connect you to the original way Shakespeare was performed. It's an original practices production. So it's all men playing all the parts and in original dress. And it's one of the funniest, most engaging productions I've ever seen. So I highly recommend Twelfth Night, um, the Globe on Screen series. We have that DVD in the library. The other thing, and I recommend this book to anybody, people who you know, if they just hint that they like British literature, I say, oh, you have to read this book. <laughs> so this is Shakespeare, The World as Stage by Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson is a very funny memoirist and writes these different histories of the earth or the home or all these different fun things. This is a super chatty, easy read. It's, what, 200 pages, not even. And it's a biography of Shakespeare and his whole time period. It is hilarious. It refutes all of those conspiracy theories of Shakespeare didn't really write his place. And it gives you all these specifics on what that time period was like, what Shakespeare's influences are. It really draws you into that world. And we also have that on ebook, audiobook, and electronic audiobook. So highly recommend if you just want a good brief overview of Shakespeare. Uh, Bill Bryson's book Shakespeare, and and Dylan's gone above and beyond. And in this this link that I'm sharing, there are are hyperlinks to the ebook, the audiobook, the e audiobook as well. Yeah, you'll be able to just click right on it, put it on hold, or or check it out right away with with all of these things. Okay, so now I thought I would focus a little bit more on the American musical in general, which I, I think we're both fans of, right? Mm -hmm. So that's right. The first thing is these two beautiful books that were put out by the Library of America, and they collect classic American literature, and they put out these beautiful books printed on archival material. And again, they're expensive books, so I have a few in my collection, but I don't always want to buy them. I might just want to read some of the works in there. Well, they actually printed, usually they're just printing poetry and novels and things, but they actually printed the books and lyrics. So that's the scripts as well as the lyrics to classic American musicals in two volumes. So they have 1927 to 49, 1950 to 69. And we are all familiar with these as theater goers or movie goers. You've seen Fiddler on the Roof or Gypsy or Showboat, but this actually has the stage directions the original scripts as they were originally performed, and they were selected to choose things that read well on the page. So this is like a different experience than you've ever had before. Um, and there's some oddball things in here, like As Thousands Cheer or Finian's Rainbow that are really worth checking out. So I highly recommend those. Those are very beautiful. If you just want to page through maybe while you're um, watching a filmed production or something like that. that. That is quite a find, I gotta say. It is such a cool specific thing that maybe you wouldn't spend the $50 on to get the nice box set, but it's really a special thing to look through. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, on to the next thing. So this is another um, sort of similar thing, even more specific though. 
These are another two volume set that's also expensive. These are Stephen Sondheim's two books of lyrics. So one is called Finishing the Hat, one is called Look, I Made a Hat, and they're both subtitled Collected Lyrics, and then I'll just read one of the subtitles because they're long. The first one is Collected Lyrics, 1954 to 81, with attendant comments, principles, heresies, grudges, wines, and anecdotes. This prints all of Sondheim's lyrics, but it's him annotating them and giving you little backstories into, oh, you know, I really tried to find the right word here, and I just never could. And he'll tell you his rules about lyric writing. You have to have an exact rhyme, except when he just can't find one. It's amazing. You get a window into his mind, and then all of these amazing little sidebars and wonderful pictures. So I would highly recommend, if you're a Sondheim person, looking through those. It'll be quite a delight. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Sondheim is like very like he's like releasing a new show now on Broadway, or it's like previewing on Broadway or something. So I've the heard various right. rumors. I, I'm I'm very excited. Whenever that happens, I will be catching a flight out to New York. <laughs> so, um, so now's the time. Go access those resources if you're a Sondheim fan for sure. Yes, give yourself a crash course now. Um, now the other thing, this is a book that came out in 2016 that if you're somebody who is maybe new to musicals or loves musicals, but maybe you're not quite sure how they work, this is a book called The Secret Life of the American Musical, How Broadway Shows Are Built by Jack Fertel, who's a a well-known Broadway producer. He breaks down sort of a formula, and it would be interesting um, to analyze the Deerfield Theater productions (laughs) and think about how they follow this formula, right? Most musicals, you have an opening number, there's an I want song where a character comes out and states what they want. And then you'll have these different, um, you know, types of numbers that always fit in in certain places, like the 11 o'clock number that is right before the, the big ending. So he takes all of those different stations in a musical and gives you his personal stories, but also many examples from the history of theater. And it's, it's really amazing. You, you feel like you're thinking like a producer, like, well, wait, we need something here. We need something here. Like what's really going to keep audiences interested. I I thought that book was fascinating. And I, and you know, I think it's, it's a really interesting, it could be a really interesting read for anyone, even, even young, um, you know, young people listening that think they want to be on stage and a performer or a singer. And, uh, and cause one of the things you, you, some people may discover, which I discovered was, um, while I'm okay, you know, at the singing, acting, dancing thing that the, the writing and directing stuff is sort of what, you know, is, was, was always, it ended up being more interesting to me as I went on. And I don't really do any of that. Um, but, um, but I found that I, um, that I really, you know, looked at that and, and had more of an affinity for, for that side of the, of the theatrical world. And, and so, and you never know if you do until you first get exposed to it. One of the first ways you get exposed to it is you, you join, you know, a production or you join a show and, and even, even just as a, you know, an ensemble cast member, you first see, you know, how, what directors do and what writers do. And it's, um, and it's super interesting if, if that's your first exposure to it. So here's a book that you could read to help you, you know, be the mastermind behind the uh, yes. behind the production. I think that's super interesting. And I'm sure Matt Cannon, our director of this year, this year's <laughs> show, has you know knows what he's doing. But 
you know, I'll, I'll make sure to send him this episode. And so he knows <laughs> about that book, which he maybe he's already read, but you never know. Right. They're still rehearsing at, at this time because the show, the first show, I think, is November 12th. Uh, link in the show notes for tickets, everyone. <laughs> OK, Dylan, <laughs> what's the next what's the next item on your list? Um, so the next thing I found, this just came out um, maybe a year or two ago, but we actually have uh, not many, but in our audiobook collection, we have a few recorded plays. So you just get the audio. We do have, you know, a lot of those Shakespeare productions where you can just listen along. Those are very helpful if you're a student sometimes. Um, but I also found Angels in America, Gay Fantasia on National Themes by Tony Kushner, the revival, they actually, which was just a couple of years ago on Broadway, they actually did a audiobook version where they specifically brought the cast in to stage it for audio. So it's, it's intended to be an audio experience, and you get all of those top Broadway actors, um, in this case, Andrew Garfield and Nathan Lane starring, and I would highly recommend it. It is seven hours long. This is part one and part two. But if you have not experienced Angels in America, the film version or read it or the stage version, um, I, I highly recommend introducing yourself to it. And this is a great way to start. Okay, so now my last two things are some of our online resources. And this is where our collection really explodes beyond what we could contain in the library. We have an app and it's also, you can just sign in on your browser online or you can get this app on your you know, iPhone or iPad or a Kindle Fire device. Uh, it's called Hoopla and they have eBooks, audiobooks. They also have TV shows and movies and comics. They have a ton of wonderful musical theater things. I'm a huge Audra McDonald fan, and they have many of her albums. I loved her most recent album, Sing Happy, from 2018. And we have some sheet music on there, too. So you can check out the best of Audra McDonald's songbook. And if you dare, you can try to sound like our best living soprano, in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, I just downloaded the Hoopla app. And I'm looking forward to exploring that. So Amazing. Yeah. Great. You just have to sign up with an email and your library card. And it's all, everything is instantly available on there. The other app that I would highly recommend is called Canopy. That's Canopy with a K. And that is streaming movies, documentaries. They have some short film, you know, TV kind of things. It's often educational or they have a lot of sort of independent movies criterion collection and i was just looking through they have a whole section of performing arts and i found something that was just so unique and i had to watch it it's a production of the cherry orchard the Chekhov play performed by the moscow art theater in the original russian with English subtitles, so we won't be totally lost, although we do have some Russian speakers in our community, of course. Um, but they're performing on the original stage where the Cherry Orchard was first performed. So you have this experience of actually getting to watch this play that premiered in 1904 on the original stage in the original language. And we're used to in America seeing Chekhov Productions and Translation, 
this was a totally different experience. And if anybody is a, a literature or Russian literature nerd like I am, uh, highly recommend immersing yourself uh, in this Russian language production. That, I will say, is one of the things that I don't have a known interest in personally, but that's just because I haven't been exposed to it yet, so I look forward to personally checking that out. Very cool. Thank you. Well, I, this was so fun to share this list with you, and I have a stack at my desk of just more and more books from all of these different sections I kept pulling off. So, I, you know, our online resources are great, but sometimes just that browsing in person, you start to see other books or movies or audiobooks that are right next to the thing on the shelf that you're interested in and you discover something new. This is just but a taste, right? <laughs> so Exactly. Um, so the the link to that again is in the show notes and Dylan did um everyone a favor because he also made sure that there's a little bit of an explanation that goes along with everything as well. And, and, you know, I can't wait and I encourage everyone, you know, when it's safe for them or, you know, if they want to go now and wear a mask to head back to the, the Deerfield public library. And we're also still doing curbside pickup. So you can schedule a pickup and we'll, we'll bring it over to your car for you. Well, um, Thank you so much, Dylan. Um, I guess my last question for you would be, when you think of Schoolhouse Rock, uh, do you have any fond memories of, of Schoolhouse Rock that, that you'd like to share? I absolutely was shown Schoolhouse Rock in Deerfield Public Schools, and I do have fond memories uh, for sure of Schoolhouse Rock, and I am excited to see this, this production and, and see what you've all done with it. All right. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you there and seeing all you listeners in the theater. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again, Matthew. This was a blast. Thanks, Dylan. So uh, um, obviously links in the show notes, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you and follow up with you, where's the be- oh, yeah, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, the easiest way is just email me at podcast at deerfieldlibrary.org. That will go right to my email and search for the Deerfield Public Library podcast on you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts, uh, or on our website, deerfieldlibrary.org slash podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks. And that's our show. Visit deerfieldfamilytheater.com for more details and to purchase tickets. Links to both are in the show notes where you can also find Dylan's contact information along with links to the Deerfield Public Library Theater resources and the library's podcast. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Family Theater. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give us the highest rating you can and leave us a review, both of which will really help others discover this show. If you'd like to get in touch, send us a voice message at anchor.fm DFT. We might even add your voice message to a future show. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater. <laughs>